If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to this podcast with Steph, whose business is Postpartum with Steph. Steph, um, I should have checked this before, but you did the training with newborn mothers quite a few years ago, I think. Was that like during COVID times, I think? Yeah, it was in 2020. Uh, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah. And um, from there, you've gone into a lot of things. I know that you uh, do a lot on Instagram and a lot of our students really enjoy the advocacy and the, um, you, you know, having your voice there. And I know that what you've been doing a lot of lately and why we've got you here today is talking about BMI and what that means for, for pregnancy care. So do you want to introduce yourself in your own words? Sure. So first off, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, So I'm Steph, as mentioned. Um, I'm a postpartum doula working on Wadawurrung country in Geelong. Um, I work in person with my clients and online as well. I'm a mum of two boys, just sort of coming out of that postpartum phase myself. So I've got a 16-month-old. And um, what else? That's pretty much me in a nutshell. And I enjoy, I've got a background in um, social media and that kind of thing. So I've sort of brought that into my business because it's um, something I like to just nerd out on. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it really shows too. I know a lot of people really love the content that you that you put out and find it really valuable. Mm. But do you want to tell us a little bit about those um, experiences of, of having babies and yeah what that was like for you and and how that's brought you to here how it's brought me to being a doula or yeah well both and to BMI because I guess that's both kind of like part of the same journey isn't it so I should have mentioned too I'm a plus-size woman um and my first pregnancy in 2018 um I was just completely unprepared for what it would be like to be plus-size and pregnant um I just, I remember going to my first midwifery appointment and I thought, this is going to be so great. I'm so excited. And probably within the first couple of minutes, um, the midwife was asking me to get on the scales and then deemed me as high risk because of my BMI. And it was just very negative and um, not very respectful. Uh, And, you know, I have a history of disordered eating and she was recommending or saying you need to go and see a dietitian and you're going to get gestational diabetes and you know it was just sort of this big snowball of catastrophe um and it was just such a horrible experience i ended up changing hospitals because i just felt really uh just i don't know just really unheard this person wasn't listening to me um switched hospitals Slightly better treatment, but still it was very much like your weight is a problem, your baby's at risk of all of these things. Um, And I just felt so guilty and like I was failing my baby purely for existing in my own body. Um, And no one ever really asked me, you know, what what do you eat? Do you move your body? Um, How's your mental health? It was just purely based on this number on a scale. Um, 
that was determining my health. And, you know, the, the knowledge that I have as being a plus size woman and being part of, um, you know, the body positivity community, so to speak, um, is that health is not a size, you know, it's not, it can't be determined by a number on a scale because that's not a full picture of an individual person's situation. So getting back onto the question you asked, <laughs> in my second pregnancy, I was like, you know what, I'm not putting up with any any of this second time around. I was much more informed. So in between those two pregnancies, I became a doula as well um, and just had a lot more information about I could say no to things and uh, I didn't have to do a, an extra ultrasound if I didn't want to and I didn't have to do a particular test if I didn't want to um, and I was much better at weighing up the pros and cons of things and so my second pregnancy was um, still challenging but much more enjoyable in terms of me advocating for myself and I just had an idea towards the end of that pregnancy that it would be great to sort of, you know, put all of the, the information that I've learned into a course or something for plus size pregnant people to draw on and help them you know in their experiences yeah i love that you know in the doula world we talk a lot about the baby's weight too and how just looking at weight alone isn't an indication of health it's often an indication of like oh let's just check everything's going well like that's mm. all it is it's like a oh let's just look and a bit closer um mm. But it's not, you wouldn't, you know, you shouldn't really judge someone on their weight alone and yet we still do it to mothers as well, which is um, sadly not really that surprising. Yeah. Um, so you you became a postpartum doula, you became good at advocating for yourself and now you teach other mums um, about sort of standing up for themselves uh, in in that kind of um, fat phobic system. Mm -hmm. But let's rewind a little bit too about why does why does BMI exist and why do we even have it in in our maternal care? It's a great question. Um, so BMI was invented in 1830 <laughs> um, by a statistician, so not a doctor, not a medical professional. And it was invented to assess whether there was a, a correlation between weight, height and death because at the time there were a lot of people dying for whatever reason. So these statisticians sort of wanted to work out, is there a correlation? Then we fast forward to 1972 where a man called Ansel Keys um, adopted the BMI system, named it BMI, Body Mass Index, um, because he said it was essential in quantifying health. But the tests or the the way he sort of structured it was based on the health of 7,000 healthy men, healthy white men, um, to help insurance companies have a quick way to assess the health of their customers so they could calculate insurance premiums. So, and from there, we've just adopted it as this is the be all and end all in measuring an individual's health. Um, it doesn't cost people money to use you can do it very quickly within 10 seconds you can learn what your bmi is um but the problem with the way it was developed is that it doesn't take into account you know the differences between men and women's bodies the differences in pregnant women's and pregnant um people's bodies and people of color people with disabilities so it's very problematic in that respect um it also you know it doesn't take things into account like 
muscle mass versus body fat. We know that muscle weighs more than fat. So there's, you know, world-class athletes that are considered overweight and obese according to BMI. Um, It doesn't take in things like, you know, whether you smoke or whether you drink alcohol or whether you um, have high cholesterol. You know, it just in and of itself is not a great measure of an individual's health. Um, And, yeah, so the reason that it's being used in maternity care is because it's used in medical professions around the world. (laughs) It's cheap and easy um, and, yeah, they're sticking with it. So it's kind of like a shortcut, but it it doesn't actually give people, the medical professionals necessarily the real data that they need to give you proper care and and advice. Um, So I'm wondering what are... I guess, you know, obviously everyone uses the BMI and you found that even switching hospitals, it was still an issue. But let's talk about the risks of it as well because it's, I mean, we talk a lot about the risks of being overweight, which I think are probably overstated. But can you talk about the risks of of using BMI as, as the one and only way to measure someone's health? Um, so I guess in a maternity, in maternity care, in Australia specifically, because that's sort of obviously where I was pregnant and where I've sort of drawn my research, well, drawn on the research from, um, in public hospitals in Australia, if you have a BMI of over 30, you are deemed high risk. And so what that means is generally you are um, put through obstetric-led care as opposed to midwifery-led care. You're automatically ruled out of things like um, hospital home birth programs, um, you know, ways that you can birth, like having a water birth. Most hospitals have a limit, like a weight limit on who can have a water birth. (laughs) Um, So it's just, it's very limiting in um, the options that, you know, you can have within a hospital um, setting. Are you listening to this awesome interview with a postpartum professional and thinking that this might be your calling in life too? Do you believe that postpartum care could be a respected, valued and well-paid profession but feel frustrated and don't know where to start? Newborn Mothers Postpartum Education and Care Professional Training is online, self-paced and available worldwide. We value human rights, scientific evidence and diversity and we'd love you to join us at newbornmothers.com back to the show yeah and then what happens is what what kind of i guess as well what is the experience of a woman when that's happening too like what what do people say how does that feel it's horrible i see yeah what advice are you given yeah i mean you know i can speak anecdotally i can speak from my own experience um but from stories that i'm told constantly from plus size women in the way they were treated um just things that you know like you're going to have a big baby you're at risk of stillbirth you're at risk of gestational diabetes you're going to have shoulder dystocia like just every bad thing that could happen in a pregnancy or in a birth um is then basically put on you and it feels horrible because you know you're pregnant you're doing the best you can in your own body (laughs) and you're made to feel like you're a terrible person um because of your size when you you know it's just it's it's not an evidence-based kind of assessment I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) 
Yeah, oh no, I think that makes total sense because going back to the very beginning, you were saying way back, I think it was in the 1800s, the idea was, is there a correlation between weight, height and death? Do you know what the outcome of that was? Is there a I correlation? don't. No. <laughs> I actually don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say probably not. <laughs> yeah, like again, um, it might be like a clue to say like let's check this person's exercising, you know, yeah. let's check this person is is well, let's check if this person needs more support. But it shouldn't necessarily be a, a like, you know, you're done. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it seems to be. Like, you know, you step on the scale, they measure your height, they work out your BMI, and then it's like, okay, you're high risk without any conversation around, you know, what food do you put in your body? Like, do you move your body? All that kind of stuff. And to be quite honest, like, even if someone, you know, even if a woman is, she's the most unhealthy, she's the fattest woman that's currently pregnant in the world, she deserves respectful and dignified care. You know, she doesn't deserve assumptions to be made about her health. Um nobody owes you health and you know we're pathologizing it to the point where you know it's it's really affecting the way pregnant women are birthing um it's affecting their mental health and it's something has got to change yeah and I think that like from your experience of saying you were so happy to be pregnant and you were so excited about that first appointment and then walk away feeling like a total failure, feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, you know, and it's just not at all how anyone should feel about having a baby. Mm. Um, I've got one more question for you. As postpartum doulas, what can we do better to support our plus-size clients? I think there's a lot. I mean, really understanding a plus-size person's experience in pregnancy Um and not just saying, oh, I work with plus size clients, I'm plus size friendly, like really understanding weight stigma and anti-fat bias and language, you know, I think I'm not saying I don't know this personally, but I'm sure there's been um, situations where a doula might say something that could be like quite offensive to a fat person, um, whether it's, you know, they're mentioning, oh, I, I ate some chocolate cake on the weekend, I'm so bad, or, you know, like just little things like that to be aware of how we speak about bodies and food and, um, and you know, fatness. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I guess using the language that the client prefers as well because you're obviously quite comfortable with the word fat, but I know some people don't feel comfortable with it. So Yeah, and look, it's everyone's personal preference. I think for me, like, when a straight-sized person, you know, says fat as an insult or like um sees the word like if so, if I said to someone oh I'm just I'm fat I'm like oh no you're not no you're not it's fine like no no like it's like me saying I'm tall or I have brown hair like it's a fact it doesn't it's a very neutral word to me it's no different from saying that I'm thin or I have size 10 feet like it's just that is my body and it's nothing to be it's not a negative thing to me um, I would rather use that term or plus size than I'm overweight or I'm obese. I hate those yes, words. Because they are pathologised words, aren't yeah. they? And overweight really implies that 
there's a weight that you should be and you shouldn't be over it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so I think getting back to your question about what doulas, what postpartum doulas can do, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a few different courses and um, workshops and things around about um, plus size pregnancy or doula care that um, are specifically tailored to um, doulas who want to or do work with plus size women. Um, but yeah, I think really just asking questions from, you know, the plus size community. Um, and I guess probably like confronting any biases that you might hold yourself, because I'm sure, you know, like most of us do, um, and just sort of getting curious there. Yeah, I love that. That's so important for so many different things, isn't it? To just mm. be curious about our own biases. Mm. Let's talk about your workshop. What what do you now teach? So the workshop is called BMI's Bullshit, um, Getting Prepared for Your Plus Size Pregnancy. Um, it's it's pregnancy-focused as opposed to birth. That's going to be a separate course <laughs> one day. Um, but it's really just sort of go, it goes through the history of BMI um, and why it's not an accurate measure of health. Um I go through all of the different tests and things that you'll be offered as a plus size person because there's a lot more that you'll be sort of um, offered as opposed to if you're a straight size person, um, what your options are there, um, questions to ask your care providers to sort of make sure they're the right um, person to be caring for you. Um, I also run through the research as well around birth outcomes for plus size women. Um, and, you know, what, what the actual um, chances or risks are of certain things happening and what that can mean for how you're cared for. Um, I'm just trying to think what else is in the course. <laughs> that sounds amazing already. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, I guess because I've drawn from my own personal experience as well and being a postpartum doula, um, I've put stuff in there about how to sort of cope with the heaviness of it that you can feel sometimes of that like real emotional toll that it can take to advocate for yourself if you are plus size and you know I'm very honest in in the course my second pregnancy wasn't perfect by any means like I definitely had moments where I still just felt defeated or I didn't have the energy to sort of you know advocate for myself so how do we cope with that um yeah so some little yeah, kind when it, of when it does wear you down because yeah because yeah. I think that's really important too yeah do you think um as you're saying all of this I I'm just putting it together that it would be great if you could do this as professional development in hospitals Is yeah well the, the course I mean the way I've sort of positioned it is um directed to pregnant um women and birthing people but it's completely relevant for doulas, midwives, um, just really anyone that works with plus size people, just to give you a bit of um, pregnant plus size people, I should say, um, just to give you a bit of insight into, into some of the things that will come up, even like yoga instructors or osteos or, you know, it's, it's relevant for anyone really who's working with, with women in that space. Yeah, because it's funny that people still seem to think it's okay to comment on other people's bodies. It's still oh. just so rampant and I'm I'm constantly surprised and I should stop really being surprised but <laughs> how many people do just think they have the right to comment on someone else's body particularly 
publicly you know yeah. like you're playing in a yoga class or something like that so mm. yeah I I think there's a lot of work to be done in this area and I really appreciate that that you're sort of telling your story but also sharing because I mean I guess lots of people would show up and be told they have to do a test they wouldn't even realize that other people aren't offered that test mm. you know like so just knowing like why is that and you know what your rights are and what you can ask and yeah and I think you know I was I was like that with my first pregnancy I didn't know that everyone not everyone did two gestational diabetes tests um and I really felt like I had to be the good girl. You know, I had to say yes to everything, do every test, do every scan, have every single thing that they threw at me to have the best care. And that's, you know, such a misconception. Like, you know, you deserve respectful and dignified care no matter what choice you're kind of making within that system. Like you don't have to say yes to certain things if you don't want to or if you're uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah. That was definitely a, a key thing in my second pregnancy that I sort of held on to um, just so that I wasn't put in those positions again of just like, oh, you know, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then now you can share that with other people. So I appreciate that you've kind of like turned that into something that, you know, like it's a horrible experience to go through but that you can now hopefully stop other people from having such a horrible experience. Mm. Um, so people can find out more about you at postpartumwithsteph.com. We'll put a link up and the workshop is called BMI is Bullshit. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close? Um, no, just thank you so much for having me and for allowing plus size voices on your podcast because, yeah, these conversations are just so important and, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Uh, I appreciate you too. It's a topic I've actually wanted on the podcast for many years because I know from talking to my a lot of a lot of my students that these experiences are unfortunately common. Mm. Um, so to have you be able to kind of like put that your lived experience together with some of the research and um, be able to share that, that's really valuable. So thank you so much. Thank you. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.